Hi, I'm Molly O'Brien. I work at A Touch of Lash in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I'm today's guest announcer. You can find me on Instagram at A Touch of Lash. Cue the music. In an industry where most of us spend the majority of our time working alone in a room, this podcast was created so that you can learn, be encouraged, and find a connection with other lash and beauty professionals. This is the LashCast podcast, and here's your host, Paul Lubers. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you for tuning in. First, I want to give a big shout out to Molly from A Touch of Lash out there in Nevada. Thank you for being our guest announcer. Now today, Tussie and I are just us two today. Just no guests, us hanging out and talking about something that's been going on in our industry. Maybe we think eight, nine years, maybe a little less. We don't know exactly when it popped onto the scene, and that is the fall shed. And so we did a video on this on YouTube a little over a week ago, and we decided to go in deeper because Tusney did a lot of research, really went in and looked at some of the science, the medical journals, and tried to find things that would support the idea that the fall shed is something that we should really be concerned about. And so we thought, you know what? We did all that work. We, you know, it's, we always do it for ourselves first. We're kind of selfish. But after that, we said we need to share it with everyone what we saw or what we learned. So that's what this is about. And I think it's going to be very enlightening. Now, before we get to all that, let's do a couple announcements for you. First, the Skin Games is next week. It's on October 19th. And we're doing two classes there. We're teaching a class about turning your clients into fans and demystifying the lash adhesive. These are kind of like shorter versions of courses and webinars where we did that it took three or four hours these will be an hour so much more digestible very quick very short only 25 dollars, and all the links and all that are in our instagram bio so you go there you can go ahead and link in or just go to www.skingames.com buy your ticket there and then you can buy our ticket through them and get the $25 ticket for the class. All right, next, the virtual last conference, guys. It's coming up. It's only a month away, November 15th, 16th. We are on a mission to make every eyelash artist profitable and professional. We just announced this last week our virtual TikTok viewing party on Sunday night. The theme is looking forward, and our attendees are being encouraged to submit a 15 to 30-second TikTok-like video. Sheila Bella from Pretty Rich Podcast and Allie Lilly from Lash Anarchist are going to be there helping us to judge and just have a lot of fun. And we're going to be giving away free product, trainings, tickets to LashCon 2021 to the best video. So if you really like that stuff, it's just another good reason to hang out with us. It's just going to be a great way to have fun and just enjoy being the community online versus all being separate all the time, right? By the way, if you want to get a swag bag and t-shirt, the swag bag value, by the way, is going to be too, is worth at least $200, if not more. This is the last week to buy those tickets. We close the doors on the VIP and the standard ticket on October 17th at midnight. That's this coming Saturday. So if you want to get in and get the really fun stuff that's going to be mailed to you just before LashCon, then go today and buy your ticket. You can go to the link in our bio again on Instagram, or you can go to www.thelashconference.com. And lastly, guys, we need guest announcements. And you know where to go with for that. You basically go to the show notes. You'll see the script there. Just record it. doesn't matter. Video, audio, and then send it to Paul at LashCast Podcast, and you can get on the show, and we'll give you a big shout-out. All right, guys, that's all I have for announcements. Now let's get into the talk where Tussie and I sit down and talk about the infamous Fall Shed. 
Hey guys, we are here in the Lashcast Studios, and it's just Tusty and I. I can't remember last time it was just you and me by ourselves hanging out. Oh, it's you and me all the time. Actually, that's actually true. <laughs> that's all we do. Maybe too much, just you and me hanging out during COVID. What that's do you mean too much? Six months of us just having no one else around. Aren't you know? I enough for you? You are enough. Okay. Yes, I, I love you. Too much. Oh my gosh, I think... Uh, I didn't say the right thing. Dang it. Okay. I'm going to start over. Okay. Hey, guys. Hey, we're here at the Last Cast Studios. I'm excited to have my beautiful and amazing wife who I could never get enough of. Hmm, that's much better. Yes. All right. Very good. I think you need to paint my toes tonight. Yes. I, is that my... <laughs> rub my... Rub your bunions. Uh, rub my yellow bunions. Yes. That's uh, that's actually a joke from um, a series of unfortunate events. Yeah. And ever since, you always say, hey, come here. And rub my yellow bunions. Yeah. So sexy. I don't have bunions, by the way. I do. So... All right, guys. So what are we going to talk about today? Today is actually something we've wanted to talk about probably almost from the beginning when we started the podcast two and a half years ago. It's been high on our radar, but this just to give ourselves a little pat on the back. We don't like to talk about things that we don't really fully know yet. And today we're going to talk about the fall shed or the I'll call the infamous fall shed that like Christmas every year around the fall. All of a sudden, you start seeing popping up posts. Hey, guys, your clients are telling clients usually, hey, clients, if you uh, need to come in earlier, that's not, that's okay. It's normal. It's the fall shed. Just be prepared. Maybe instead of going three weeks, you can go two weeks. And also, you see people doing public service announcements to a lash artist, like inform the newbies in the the world. Say, hey, guys, just so you know, if things aren't working out in the fall for you, it's the fall shed. And so we saw this for years. And we, like, I think everyone knows we've been doing lashes or Tessa's been doing lashes. Me. I don't do lashes, but Tess has been doing it for 15 plus years. And she said she never in her life has seen anything that made her go, oh, wow, during the fall, something's changed. Or actually, guys, if you've been around long enough, I've seen posts for the winter shed, the spring shed, and summer shed. It's like the shedding amazingly happens all year round because guess what? Lashes shed all year. Well, that's the funny thing about it. Yeah. Because it seems to be such a known thing in the lash world, but it's not known anywhere else. I mean, that's one of the things that I thought, you know, this is a little odd. I mean, why don't we hear about this in like from nail salons? You know, maybe people are complaining. The nail shed? Well, why don't, you know, if the nails also grow faster in in summer, just like the head hair does. Like how come, you know, there's not a, you know, you have to come back for your double appointment in the months of the autumn. Yeah. Um, Get your nails done. But but, we're jumping ahead. I just want to give everyone a heads up. What has happened is that we decided not to talk about this. Until we actually did a lot of research. And Tusney has talked to a lot of doctors, has uh, spent a lot of time reading really, really boring content that I would never find myself reading. But she likes it because she's a nerd. And I'm sure Cheryl from Untamed would find it fun too. But that said, Tusney had spent a lot of time doing that. And she's kind of mulled through all this information, pulled out stuff, and found some stuff that I think we didn't expect, but also found a lot of stuff that we kind of maybe affirmed some of the things we think or saw is true so i know already if you're one of these people really big on the fall shed you may be like ah oh, they're gonna tell poop on it screw all you guys i'm out of here just hang in there we're not just gonna share anecdotal evidence we're not just gonna share things that we believe because we you know you kind of find what you're looking for so if you believe fall shed you'll find it if you don't believe it you won't find it so it's not gonna be that we're gonna actually give you a bunch of things that research where tusk read stuff looked up stuff point to certain places where this information is available. And then I think we have some good arguments for why we think maybe the false shed is much to do about nothing, but there actually may be something there too, where Mm -hmm. it's not hundred percent. Like this is 
case closed, nothing at all. There's, it's impossible. It doesn't exist. You're, you're like unicorns, like, you know, false sheds, like looking for a unicorn. It's just, you'll never find one. So anyhow, that all said, Tuss, why don't you sit down and explain first, what is a false shed? Just in case you just got your last certificate yesterday. It's your first day in. You're like, what the heck am I walked into false shed? What is this? Why do I care? I just want to make some money. Well, around the autumn months, you'll start seeing posts warning you or advising you to watch out for the fall shed. Advise your, advise your clients that it's normal to have more than usual lash loss. So basically don't blame the lash artist, but you're going to need to book more time because- oh, I love blaming the client. That's the best. Well, <laughs> you know, I think that's kind of where it comes from mm. because here's the truth. Every time I sit down to do somebody's lashes, I look and I see evidence- of lash loss. I see evidence of shedding <gasps> dun, every dun, dun. single time, every single time, right? Every time. I mean, you never come in and all the lashes are there? Well, maybe if they just got their lashes done and they just want an extra fluff for a special like uh, event, right? Like that, yeah, yeah. I don't see, I do see some changes. You see some growth that's happened even within those short, you know, three days. But in the beginning, when I didn't have a lot of the answers and I wasn't that experienced to have a lot of understanding of things, I was prone to believe these kinds of things. I was prone to believe, well, maybe you did do something weird, you know, because the client would always say, you know, they just didn't last this time. And maybe I did this or maybe I did that or maybe I drank this or did that. And I'd be like, yeah, maybe you did, you know, because couldn't be me, right? You know, I do a good job. And even if you do do a good job and you're consistent with what you do, there are variations and fluctuations. And, you know, especially when I first started, I didn't understand how to bond so well, get really good longevity. So I was very open to, you know, suggestions that, yeah, maybe it was the client doing something really weird. Or maybe it was, you know, that lotion that you put on your face the night before or something like that. frog that you slept with. Whatever. What do you mean? I don't know. It just sounded like a (laughs) something that... Do you so sleep maybe, with frogs? No, but you know, some people maybe got a little pet frog next to their face and the you know. Oh, whatever. That was <laughs> okay. like the lamest. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so let me ask you this about so that people know the false shed. So it's just we think, like anything, we're always looking for reasons why are not our lashes not lasting. We're always trying to find out, like scientists, mad scientists, right? We're just sitting there, we're evaluating the client, someone calls and complains, doesn't work. We look back. I mean, we saw this in our own staff where someone was new. They would use a lot more glue, and then as they got faster and better, they used less and less glue. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we knew mm-hmm. we could almost predict it. Like in the next week or two, I bet you we start having calls from clients saying their lashes aren't lasting. Why? Because the client or the team, new team member, had started really fast and cutting back on the right. glue, and right, and then all of a sudden they had shedding. There are many reasons why a client's lashes may shed more from one point to the next. And it took us a long time to kind of tease out all the parameters of what they are. One of the things that we found is like, for example, if the client did not, uh, came late, did not get that full time for lashing. Yeah, you only got like an hour instead of an hour and a half. Right. That would be a cause for concern. They, they just wouldn't last as long. If somebody came in with a lot of mascara on and yeah, we had to spin, really, yeah. really clean, spend 20 minutes cleaning, you know how it is. You got to get in there and it's just like glitter and like, dark makeup for days and you just cannot get it out for for the life of you. Well, 20 minutes is a big chunk of lashing time. Yeah. Also, we would remove lashes and if if they came in late, we wouldn't remove that many because our time got cut in and what's really important is that they walk out of the salon with that impact, right? Because they're not going to be super happy if they're completely So we'd anemic. be upfront about that. We'd say, "Okay, since, you know, we would never say, "Oh, you're late." No. But we'd say 
looks like we have a little, we'll work with the time that we have. We'll make the most that we can, but we're going to focus on just getting more lashes on and we're not going to remove as many or any unless they're really ugly, right? That's right. That's right. But it took a while for us to be able to communicate this and explain this to the client because what would happen would be, we would say, okay, you're full set and we do it like a two hour appointment. And then the next time they come in, they just want an hour and we do an hour and a half and maybe it would just start titrating down to like an hour and, yeah. you know, or they, they came said, in okay, late, for an hour, you know, an hour. and then they would call at yeah. the end of like three months and be like, I don't just don't know what it is, but my lashes just aren't last. Yeah. And then we'd have to explain, you know, for a long time. What I, we I did, would have to explain yes. over the phone. I would go on and say, okay, I look at your appointments. You used to do two hour appointments. Then you back down to hour and a half. And now actually I realize you've gone five weeks or six weeks between some appointments. And then instead of doing full appointments, you cut them in half and did only 45 minutes or an hour or something like that. And just, you know, it adds up over time. Eventually the lashes just begin to get really thin because we're not able to do our full work that we do when you come in. That's right. And for the longest time, when we were just trying to figure out what was going on, we really took the high road and we ate it. We said, okay, I'm sorry, we must have missed the mark. Let's work on it. And we'd give them extra time. And over time, after we began to to track it and track, you know, exactly if they came in late, it's really important to keep track of this in your booking software so that you could literally know when they got back into the room, you know, because sometimes they'll, they'll come late, they'll go to the ladies' room. And by the time they get there, it's it's been like an extra 15 minutes, right? But once that happened, we began to say, explain to them, well, we didn't have as much time to do these things. And that would explain it. Uh, but until we got good at this, and that took years to be able to decipher that, and it took years to be able to communicate like that well with the clients, yeah. I would look for any reason to say, yeah, but, you know, maybe it was something that you did, or maybe it was something outside of my uh, control. Yeah. Yes. I remember, let me tell you, this is kind of funny. In 2005, I took my first class on lashes. This was the dark ages. And 25s. Yes. And the bulk lashes that were just like loose in a little pot and you'd sneeze and they'd spill everywhere. One of the things that was really emphasized was that you must take this thorough intake and you must, you know, make sure that they understand every little bit because if they don't do one thing, it's their fault. And I remember being in the training and going through it and them explaining like, well, we couldn't understand why one one gal's lashes were, were just not lasting. And then we realized she... Um, was a cook and she would put the boiling pot of water and she would drain it and the steam would come on the face and the steam loosened the lashes. So I was like, oh my goodness, even the steam will do that. It's so important. Yeah. This was the dark age. This one, the, the days when I said, you know, oh, you can't get your lashes wet. You, oh no, you know, the, people were wearing goggles. Go- I did. On, I told my clients, you got to wear goggles and you don't touch them or anything. You just let them grow out like, like a net, you know? And I'm just, <laughs> oh my, you know, this is when, you By know. Way, steam doesn't take, as you guys know, yes. listen, steam does not. Take your lashes off. No, yes. You come full circle and you've been there, you've done that. So I can kind of reflect on where I was in my mindset. But we're always looking for reasons why. And that's, I think, what drives this. And that's why this became popular because it was like, It's an outside answer. Exactly. And and what's our belief? If you guys listen to us for a while, we always say it's our fault. If the lashes aren't lasting, it's the stylist's fault. Of course, there'll be exceptions to every rule. But we like to assume it's our fault. Because first off, that's going to allow us usually to fix the problem more quickly, right? Yes. If you have that mindset, it is a mindset. It's going to take more work on your part and more ownership. But I tell you, if you have that mindset, you are going to go 
you are going to do go further yeah. um, to understand what's going on. You're going to give them everything so that you can t- remove all the factors to say what is the real problem. And you're going to you're going to learn. You're going to become really good at figuring out what the problem is if you take all the ownership. And that's just what we did. Now I noticed something, and again at the front desk, we see Bill come in. I talk to clients all the time, and we started noticing something. And this is maybe a no-duh moment for most people, but I begin to realize with lashes, uh, they don't fall out consistently. Like you see those posts where like you lose three to five lashes every day. And I begin to realize, no, that's not the way it works. Now, you do lose lashes every month. That's for Mm -hmm. sure. But I begin to notice that some clients would call or come in and they'd be bragging. Oh, my gosh. This last time I've always Mm -hmm. gone three weeks, I almost lost none of my lashes. It was amazing. And then cut to a month or two later, holy crap, I lost all my lashes, I felt like in just a very short period of time. And this wasn't just fall. This was no, like any this time in the year. Everybody has their own cycle. Yeah. The hair on, on the head has, has a different cycle than hair eyelashes. And a lot of times people confuse the two. We think that the antigen stage for our eyelashes is like our hair. On our head, the antigen stage can last up to six to eight years. I've seen mm. studies that say six. I see studies that say eight. And it makes sense because that... Or for me, it's gone. Yes. Yeah, for you, not, that's... There's none yeah. of that happening. But that's how women can get... Women and men can get long hair, right? You ever think about why why we don't get long eyelashes? It's because they're programmed to only grow a short, certain length in the antigen stage. And then they rest. So they're they're not too long. We never have to cut them. Well, thank the, goodness, by the way, wouldn't that be horrible? I like, know. honey, can you come here and cut my lashes for me before I go out? They're just like drooping down by my nose. Yeah. Disgusting. So our head hair uh, has a very long antigen stage and it can grow very long, which is why we have to cut it. The purposes of eyelashes is to keep foreign bodies and debris out of the eye. And our eyes are best served when there's like a net that prevents things from getting in, right? So if the, if all the hair is all one length, it's effective at getting things out, but it's not as effective if there's a layer of short hairs in between, right? Because it provides more of a net or a filter to get the, the dust and the debris out. So our genes have just kind of been programmed to always have a small, short growth in, you know, filling out the that net to keep the, the debris out. So you, that's why you have different variant, yeah, growth phases so that, yeah, you it's almost like uh, if you're going to create the perfect net, I guess what you're calling, that's a good way to look at it. Um, you want to get the low ones because the small ones kind of come in between the yeah, big ones. Yeah, in between and, they, and pr- pr- provide more of a barrier, yeah. right? Now, 85% of our head hair, 85%, that's almost all of it, is in the antigen growth stage. So it's always growing. And the, and, and that's why we make a big deal about damage um, on our hair. Um, you don't want to damage that hair because you're going to be with it for a long time. With eyelashes, it's only 41%. That's just a little less than half. Only 41% are in the antigen stage, right? Because yeah. Other ones are are longer, um, and they're in the telogen or the catagen stage. Now, here's just a little sidebar. You can't tell the difference between a hair that's in catagen and telogen. A lot of people mistakenly think that a catagen one is a little bit shorter. No, it's actually the same length as a telogen hair because it's what's happening is just that that bulb is turning off and it's it's going into a dormant resting stage, but it's not growing anymore. So if it's shorter, it still means it's got room to grow. 
Anyway, that's a little. Special. I just think of those little cartoons where they show the lashes and the, the little baby and it's growing, mm-hmm. and then it becomes an old man and dies, and it's like really short life. It's very yeah, sad. it is a short life, but it's designed that way. So there's a you know this isn't a, a for another topic, but a lot of people make a big deal about damage and damaging the eyelashes. But here's the thing: the, the eyelashes are gone. Then almost like a couple months later. Yeah, we're gonna open our beeswax with that. Well, we're one. gonna put that on. on we've the- already talked about it, but we should talk about it again because I really think we have more ideas on. But let's get now. Really, let's move forward and let's actually get into what you found because I think people are like, okay, okay, enough, enough. I want to know. I got what false shit is. I get we're trying to come up with excuses for why it doesn't work, but really. Why isn't it? If you guys are saying this isn't really a serious threat to our industry or not a serious problem that you need to worry about as a last st- uh, stylist, then why is that? I mean, what did you find out, Tuss? Well, a lot of the articles will refer to, you know, uh, magazine type articles. Um, why am I losing hair? They will allude to a study that says studies have shown that hair grows more um, longer and thicker in warmer months when there's more sun, when it's warmer. And nails too, right? Nails yeah, and hair nails, Yeah, nails and, and hair, skin sheds, you know, uh, theoretically more often in the warmer months as well. And so that, therefore, it precipitates a, a logical a, kind of conclusion then would be that it's going to fall out, you know, several months later. La- or lashes are the same thing, right? Yeah, it, lashes it, are like hair, a, nails, all this stuff is all the same. All body parts are just growing with disgusting hair. And then there's a mass shedding, right? <laughs> yes, like we're the bottom old snowman. Yeah. And there are a few studies out there that do show that it has been proven that hair does grow more in warmer months. And that's that's definitive. The thing is, is that if you look closer, it's not specific to eyelash hair. It is head hair. And the main study, I, I remember there being a study that this all first broke out. But, and I remember reading it. Now, unfortunately, I can't find it again, but it was like in Sweden. That was like the original one where they were quoting this Swedish study. And it was like Allure magazine and a couple of these other beauty magazines. They kept referring to this. And this is like, again, five, six years ago. I, I might be wrong, but I feel like that might have been the first domino that kind of kicked off this whole idea. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people just extrapolate just because it's head hair. Therefore, the eyelashes are the same thing. Which, by the way, Allure magazine wasn't making that claim. Allure and yeah. some of these are they weren't, they're only referring to head hair. To right? head hair. That's right. The very first study that I found was done in 1991, and it was seasonal change in human hair growth, Mm -hmm. the British Journal of Dermatology. And they studied 14 men, which is a very, very small sample and only one from this one city in in the UK. Which town do you know? I can't remember. I just want to put my bucket list to go see them. Oh, see the okay. 14 men, see how yeah. they're doing. Well, the sample was between 18 and 39. So not a wide sample. This is not really a good threshold to say, all, therefore, all people. Because studies aren't normally just 10, 12 people, right? They were all like men hundreds. and they were all Caucasians. Yeah. So there's differences, right? So it did prove that in this these test subjects, the hair grew more, right? So you can pretty much say it's it's a good indication that this is what's happening. During the summer that men... Mm-hmm. men White men in England grow more hair. Right. But what I think is more interesting is is if we look specifically for eyelash growth, seasonal shedding or periodicity, periodicity. 
Um, it's a fancy word for, you know, seasonal change, right? I typed that in to uh, several databases with the help of um, my friend, Dr. Warren Stout. We looked at the NCBI, it's the National Center for Biotechnology Information. And we also looked at the U.S. National Library of Medicine, which is funded in, in conjunction with the National Institute of Health. Basically, it's a conglomerate of all these different studies and you can just type the keywords in and it'll show up, you know, it's like Google for Google for yeah, medical information. Right. And there is just such a lack of information. There is not much on eyelash growth. There were a few, not oh, really? not as much as you would think. Like huh. I said, the one that I found was from 1991. There was also another one that was done in 2006, which had a wider sampling. They, they sampled 800 women and they followed these women for six years. The thing about that is also that of those 800 women, though, they did sample some who were stricken with alopecia. So they included people who had a partial disease state in that. So it's just a beginning to determine. But the conclusion of that study did say that there was a definitive length, although it was the first to, Again, you know, head hair. Yeah, head hair. All these are studies on head on hair, head not hair. on That's lashes. Right. So I'm sorry, this is a long-winded way to explain. So what we did instead was we started to look for specific eyelash loss. And the word for that is matarosis. How do you spell that? M-A-D-A-R-O-S-I-S. Because if you lose your lashes, you get mad. Yeah. So matarosis. Whatever. Okay. Matarosis. <laughs> it just basically means loss of eyelash hair. And the reason why it's important is because the loss of eyelash hair can signify some life-threatening diseases. And I mean, if you have lash loss, you might have a disease. Yes, all yes, real. yes, yes, exactly. Interesting. So there were some studies on matarosis, and I thought, well, this is fantastic. Let me look at these studies because if it's talking about the subject – specifically lash loss, it basically means patients are coming to the doctor and they're compiling this information and they're trying to find out why. And then they use that information to create a study. What's great about this, right, is because you're about to share the list or some of the items that were on that list. So one would conclude it'd be very logical if fall shed or any shed, let's just say, would be listed in here as one of the causes of lash loss. Mm -hmm. So you're absolutely right. Things like HIV, AIDS, malignant tumors, hypothyroidism, herpes zoster. There's other, uh, scleroderma is another one, and there's many more. But there's also different kinds. There's kinds that cause scarring, and then there's non-scarring. The non-scarring is the best because it does mean that hair will grow back again. It doesn't damage the follicle or like that, right? Blepharitis is actually one you can you can lose a lot of lashes. The biggest two things are blepharitis and, and hypothyroidism. So blepharitis means the lashes get dirty and get that little crusty stuff built on the eyelid, right? Well, it's not that the lashes get dirty. It's that there is a... Um, By secreting? Something? Well, there's little meibomium glands there. And basically, it's kind of like the skin or the margin of the lid gets occluded and the dead skin cells aren't shed very well. It's it's usually uh, starting with hygiene sometimes. But but so many Americans are stricken mm. with uh, blepharitis. It's a large percentage, I, right? It, yeah, it's huge. I don't want you to think that you're dirty if you have blepharitis. But it, I will. Blepharitis can always be improved by better hygiene. So it's not something that you can catch. There are bacterial components to it. There's staph infections. It can even be parasitical with mites, although that's not as... Very, very 
very small amount. Yeah. Basically, you remove all that junk. It, it removes the stuff that the bacteria feeds on. But even with blepharitis, there are some blepharitis that can, can over time, long period of meibomian gland dysfunction, cause scarring and it can lead to hmm. permanent lash loss or matarosis, right? So let's get to this while I was thinking. So you saw the study and they list off, right, all the things that cause lash loss. And one of them is not false shed. They're like it's a bunch, but they did miss one, right? Oh, oh, yeah. The very first study I saw on this was in the Journal of American Medicine. It's called Matarosis. It was in December of 1972. It was a study and it went on to the to explain what are the causes. Um, what I found really unique about this is that it just highlights how it works in academia when you've got these studies. Because the study was published, some other doctors read it about a year later, and said, hey, wait a minute, they missed one element. One of the things um, that they missed is leprosy. Leprosy, uh, when we see, because this doctor was running a, a leprosy camp clinic, and <laughs> leper camp. <laughs> it's because of the leper camp, now, kids. T- technically, nowadays, you guys, we don't even say leprosy because uh, it's stigmatized. Stigmatized. Yeah, uh, we, we, yeah, it's called Hansen's disease now, right? And then the band Hansen's, they, they, took a, they got mad about that name. Leprosy was bad. It has a bad stigma, you know, to it. So again, so Hansen's disease, but these doctors realized, hey, they're missing a really big cause of of matarosis. And so they wrote a letter to the editor of JAMA and said, hey, this was very extensive, but you might want to consider adding this because we've seen it and they cited their information. And it was great because this is how iron sharpens iron in the medical community. And, you know, people may look at uh, the results of a study and, you know, even though it says in black and white, the statistics prove that this is the case, somebody might say, hey, but the, the only the, the subjects that you tested, they all had the disease state. So it's not, you're not looking at a, a, a healthy sample. And that's what happened here. They said, hey, you're, you're missing this. So another one was done. And this one was super informative. 2006. This is matarosis. Yeah, on matarosis. And it explains in depth um, all, you know. All the known causes, right? All the known causes and all the different pathways, pathogenic pathways, either it's scarring or it's non-scarring. And then they talked about the etiology, which is the cause of it. Were they born with it? Was it caused by trauma? Was it, is it dermatological? Is it an infection? You know, so it goes through all that. They talk about the cases the um, the actual patients and they take you through the patient's history, really pointing out the salient moments that are that are really of note, and the emphasis is really on identifying life threatening illnesses because you know our skin and our hair it's an indicator of health and somebody can be walking around with potentially life threatening illness, and in the study was designed to help other doctors understand what that is, but nowhere in this did they talk about seasonal shedding as a reason for, you know, or just even observing it. Because again, they were trying to explain or write out every reason why there is lash loss. And that would be one of them. If it was a known thing, they would have added it in there along with the other, because there was a bunch of obscure things. In fact, you found one really obscure study in Japan, right? I mean, really obscure. If they had money for this 
test. Yes. I think it tells you how they really are willing to pay for almost anything to find these yeah, type of things. So some of the, you know, you're going through the study, study after study, and it's some of it's just mind numbing. But one of them like piqued my interest and it was like trichotillomania induced by anxiety, night, nighttime enuresis. And basically what that means is bedwetting, anxiety over bedwetting. So pull somebody out. pulled their eyelashes out and it was authored by like nine different doctors in Japan. And I'm not making fun of bedwetting no. at all. I'm not making fun of trichotillomania. That is that compulsion to pull your eyelashes Both out. Both are serious concerns. They are very serious concerns. Well, maybe not bedway. It's not serious. No, it does. It it's is serious. It's seriously embarrassing. It, it, it's psychologically, yeah. we, you okay. know, come on. All right. No, I just Please. meant like it's not life-threatening. Like, you know. No, but there's health implications for yeah. it, which is probably why that they did the study. They wanted to get it on record that this is an issue. You know, trichotillomania can also be induced by this kind of anxiety. Yeah. So um, the point is, is that, I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. What I'm saying is that there's a very scant evidence. I can't find anything really in the literature. And I asked Dr. Stout to do the same for me and do a check. And he turned up empty handed as well. Two huge databases, right? And searched a bunch of terms. With his his credentials, which means he's able to research these things. He went to the uh, Bascom Palmer Eye Institute, which is the number one eye institute. In the United States or the world or something like that? Yeah, it's it's in Miami. And he's highly regarded. They only take one fellow for the oculoplastic fellow, which is basically it's a plastic surgery specialist of ophthalmology. So not only can he help issues of like cataracts and blepharitis and things like that, but he can also do the plastic surgery of the eye, but also the vision as well. So if somebody has got their face shot off, he can fix it cosmetically and he can also fix the the vision part, part yeah. which is is not something that is usually married, which is why that fellowship is so esteemed and it's it's kind of rare. And I remember he, he even talked to others in his, in his circle mm-hmm. yeah. saying, has anyone ever heard or anyone seen in their practices? And he's not like he's 25. He's been around. He's been in this industry for, what, 20, 30, year, 30 plus years, I think, or something like that. Oh, he's been practicing for a long time. to 40 years. Yeah. So let's say 30, 40 years. And then his colleagues, which I'm sure are probably similar in age. So you have all this experience and you think somewhere along the history of their lives, something would pop up. Oh, yeah, we had this weird case. Yeah, this one yeah. thing. He says no, no, nowhere has anyone ever been uh, driven to his office over over eyelash loss. loss. Well, like, I, I'm, I'm sure no one's ever. That's probably over dramatic, but I mean, to, even to be like concerned, like they're getting checked in. Oh, by the way, how are you doing? Well, everything's fine except for I noticed my lashes fall out a little bit during certain times of year, but because they probably don't track it fall and summer, but maybe they notice at certain times of year. And he's him and his colleagues, none of them have ever seen anything like that. So between the journals. Between his their own personal experience, and we would also say, you know, your 15 years of doing lashes and our 13 years of having a, a team working in a salon, we never saw a trend that was repeatable or predictable, right? It was just kind of once in a while, yeah, someone's lashes didn't last very long, you know? And I always attributed that that, yeah, sometimes people just have a shedding, right? Yeah, I, I wish I could always blame it on something, but, and I used to take it personally. I used to be like, well, how'd they get, do? And people were like, oh, they didn't last that much, you know? But but now my answer is like, well, we're going to do the best that it can with the time that we have, and if you need more time afterwards, you know, if you didn't like how they last, we're going to increase the time that, that you need, because basically we kind of put the results on them, basically. Um, this is what I can do in this time, and this is how well it wears for you. If you need more, I'm going to suggest that you either come in sooner or you spend more time on the table. Now, 
one of the things you mentioned, I think at the very beginning, if I remember right, we talked about this so much, I'm blending yeah, our conversations. So, okay, journals, no luck in the journals, no, nothing there, nothing about, we, we do find hair loss for the head, but we don't find anything that really brings up hair loss or matarosis for the lashes. There's nothing there, or at least nothing related to what we're looking at. There are a lot of studies, not a lot, there have been studies on it, but they always point to other things that are happening. They point to head hair. Yeah. Or No, I'm saying the matarosis studies point to other diseases or conditions that cause lash loss, but no one, none of them said that came from the fall shed or any sort of shedding. No, season. seasonal shedding. So yeah. you have that. Then we also have our own evidence who can say it's anecdotal. But it's anecdotal. For, but anecdotal that, means that, you know, you, it's only seen in your own experience. It's not definitive. It's not it's clinical. Just, it's not. It's just what you've experienced. Yeah. So we do have friends that have reached out and said, hey, it is something that I see in my neighborhood. I live in a locale that, you know, doesn't get much sun. And, and right, Yeah, up in Seattle area, Oregon. Yeah, and if you know your clientele and and you know that that's when fall comes, you you're pressed for time, you feel frustrated, and so just as a matter of your policy, you add that. I think that's smart business. I think that's paying attention to your surroundings and understanding what's going on, and you taking control of it and managing expectations and making changes. So um, you would concede in one sense, say the one area that we don't have a lot of information and there we can't really find studies on it. These we have looked maybe in depth enough is about the idea of vitamin D deficiencies or light or sunlight deficiencies that could possibly lead to lash loss. Like you're open to that idea. Well, possibly? for sure. I mean, yeah. I'm open to anything. I'm even if somebody comes and says, Hey, look, there's a study out and you missed it. I have no problem saying, yeah, you're right. I stand corrected because at the end of the day, I'm still a learner. I just want to know the truth. Yeah. And if you present a case, I would love to hear it. Yeah. So with the vitamin D, is it possible? Yes, it's possible. There's not a lot of data on that specific to eyelashes. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, maybe more pipe, the head hair, I'm guessing. You know, maybe, yeah, maybe so. I didn't look too much uh, for the vitamin D thing. Vitamin D is important, just like any other nutrients are. It's kind of a building block to make other enzymes and compounds and processes in our body. And a lack of that can definitely interfere. For example, we know a lot of times people have said, you know, you're, you're, you think that nothing affects the lash growth. And that's not true. I know that hormones affect lash growth and internal mechanisms. In fact, it's one of the reasons if you have a hypothyroid, it can affect the lashes. It can become weak and brittle and and that kind of thing. What I say when I say that the hormones don't have any influence in the lash room is that as lash artists, as estheticians, we have no control over what's happening internally in their body. We have not had the training. It's beyond the scope of our expertise to be able to diagnose what's happening with their body. What we do know and what we are capable of doing very well is extending lashes. That's what we do. So even if somebody comes in with very brittle lashes that don't look that great, we can still do a wonderful job extending those we can say, hey, it looks like you've got lashes that could, there, there might be something else going on health-wise. I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm going to encourage you to go see the doctor. We can't diagnose it, but we can say, hey, I think you should maybe get, take a look at this. But it doesn't stop you from doing the job of putting eyelashes on, right? So if somebody has, you know, like a hormonal imbalance or something like that, it's not our job to say, okay, I think you need to 
go take in this hormone or go in this hormone or takes a vitamin D supplement or anything like that. That's because it's beyond the scope of our expertise. But we can do eyelashes. I have one more area that I think we should explore, talk about, because I really think it, it does. It's another signal why I think lash loss in the fall is maybe not something we should be concerned about. And that is the whole world of the beauty and cosmetics world. Right now, you would think if lash loss was something that was well-known, studied, and understood, there could be money to be made, right? There's opportunity. Right. So when you're a company, like let's say L'Oreal or Johnson & Johnson, before you create a new product, you could try to figure out, is there a market for it? Or is there a problem to solve? Who is going to benefit from our product? How much money can we make? Like, What is the population of people who will buy our product so that we can help them? So they do those kinds of surveys. When Latisse came out, that would be a wonderful thing. I mean, if there was a lot of evidence in the literature, a lot of complaints for people saying, hey, we lose eyelashes in the fall, they would say, this is amazing. Opportunity for Latisse to rake in some money. Let me explain. I mean, Latisse, but Matapros, was kind of found out by accident. It was a glaucoma medication. And one of the side effects from the glaucoma medication, now I said before that we don't have to cut our eyelashes, but patients who are using Latisse, actually, they would get so long that they would have to cut them. They'd say, hey, doc, the eyes are doing fine, but my eyelashes are really growing. And because of that accumulated data, Johnson & Johnson began to realize, Oh, or Allegan, I should say, their parent company. I think we have something here. And then they bought up the rights to be able to be the only people to use bitmataprost, which is a prostaglandin. It's the ingredient that goes into Latisse. They are the only ones that are allowed to use it in a lash growth serum. There are other growth serums that are out there, but they have to use an analog of it, something that's slightly different because they knew the value of it and because they knew of the population. So I'm thinking when they were figuring out we're going to launch this product, what is the market for it? All the studies that said, oh, all of the women and men and children that are suffering from lash shedding in the fall, they could benefit from this. This would be a perfect target audience, but that's not there. So I'm thinking, hmm, something's missing. We would see it in other areas. We would see this fall shed in not just a specific lash population. We would see it across the board in all different cultures. I mean, we have things like bikini season. We have things like, um, you know, fire season, fire season right? Um, termite season in um, the May in certain Hurricane area. Season. Yeah. Yep. We prepare for these things. It's part of our, our common collective. There's not a sense of lash loss parents season. being concerned that the, their kids' lashes are shedding. Johnson & Johnson would say, hey, we've got baby products for you. Or what about L'Oreal? He, mascara, le- right? Yeah, ladies, remember it's bump up your lash time. But again, it's kind of like we're looking for something and we've kind of created our own solution and it's kind of become an echo chamber. Like now in the lash world, fall shed is a thing. And I just, it may be a thing. It may be something that we're going to discover. But right now, today, there is not a lot of scientific evidence that supports it. So you can say, you know, I would just encourage you, if you see this, perhaps think a little bit bigger and think, is there something else that maybe I'm missing? Maybe it's the application. Let's just try that before we just settle on that. I mean, of course, with the application, you might need more time, and that's fine, too. But just before you say, oh, this is false shed, uh, and confirm that bias or confirm that uh, that truth that you think is in the echo chamber, um, 
dig a little bit deeper. Well, confirmation bias is, I think, one of the biggest problems here because, and this is many things. I mean, you get what you look for. I mean, it's weird. But when you, I mean, you see this when you get your car. When you buy your car, you're going to notice everyone else who has the same car as you. You're like, oh, my gosh, they have my car. They have my car. A week ago or two days ago before you had a car, you never even saw that car. It was totally blind to you. So you get what you look for. And I think what it is is now that's so ingrained in our culture that, yeah, it's fall. It's time for the lashes to start falling off. You're telling yourself, yep, I'm going to start seeing lashes falling off. And you will because they do shed. Every time somebody comes in and you do their lashes, you can see evidence of that, right? Yeah. I mean, I saw someone say, well, I see more baby lashes in the fall. And that again, it's anecdotal, right? I'm yeah, guessing because again, it's forty-one percent is in the growth phase, and so it just depends on what growth phase that they're in. They're always going to be shedding. You're always going to see, see baby hairs. You know, you may see more at one time than than another with one specific client, but it's normal for them. It it doesn't have to be because it falls shed. It's not like we we don't molt like like animals do. Yeah. All of our hairs are individually synchronized. And so I'm not saying that you don't see this. I'm just saying that it may not be what we think it is called the fall shed. Okay, well, let's try to wrap this up. I guess let's go back over real quickly kind of like what our final thoughts are on this. So if someone comes to you and says, hey, I know fall sheds for real. I've seen articles in magazines. You're going to say, well, show me the article and yeah. let's take a look at that article. What study do they allude to? Let's let's talk about that study. That study is it specific to eyelashes or is it specific to head hair? Yeah. Um, and yeah. Then, yeah. And then also they say, well, I've seen it. I see all the time in the fall. It seems like my lashes, my clients come in more often. Well, I'm not doubting that you do see that, but is there a possibility that it could be attributed to any other factor? Could it be rubbing? Could it be... Yeah, which comes from like allergy season, right? Could Fall it, is very... Could, for LA, Yeah, it's a very big Let's problem. take a look at the history of that client. Did she go... Has it been longer? Has it been five weeks since her last fill? Yeah, I mean, there's other things that can lead to it. But I know for us, we talked about this. Is that allergies is another thing that we don't talk about. But when people... Spring and fall, by the way, is the two times you see when fall people, shed the most. Or the shedding season is most. And by the way, that's when you're going to have most of your... Allergy stuff in LA, it's we got the Santa Ana winds going on. People have bad allergies, so they rub their eyes a lot more, which causes friction, which causes lash loss. Yeah, it's a rubbing, yeah. So there's other things that maybe are going on. And again, it might be a little bit of confirmation bias that you're just finding what you're looking for. And then last couple things that we talked about was we believe it's not a big deal because right now, if it was, there'd be a lot of money be made by makeup companies, by co- pharmaceutical or, or at least um, some sort of medical companies who can make products that help counter lash loss. They would create you know, more mascaras or they would create new things like Latisse would be pushed during this time. And then the last thing, of course, is we just never found really any articles that included fall shed as part of the reasons why people lose lashes. There are other things, but just not fall shed. Yeah, and not just specifically fall shed. I was looking for anything seasonal, seasonal yeah periodicity, um, anything that had to do with seasonal change with matterosis. So sorry. I know some of you guys who want to send your hate mail, uh, please email Tusney at (laughs) integrityalash.com. No, let's talk about it. If you have thoughts (laughs) about it, let's talk about it. I'm open. And And we're always open to changing. And the thing is, is that the whole purpose of doing this is just for education. It's just to say, you know what? Maybe there's another reason for what's going on, and maybe there's another reason how you can solve that problem. Then that's all I'm trying to do. That's, I think, what we've always done. Our salon was always about 
We will do our best to investigate anything and every claim that's out there. And then if we find it's true, we will hold on to it. And there's some things that, you know, we thought were one way and later we realized we weren't and we change. The key is be humble, right? Just be humble, be willing to change, be willing to learn, be willing to change your opinion as more evidence appears. Is it too late to share a story? It is. Okay. <laughs> well, what is it about me? No, it was about this one client that I, I it kept coming in and she just got under my skin. She just got so under right. my skin. Go ahead. You know who I'm saying. Actually, I know a few, but okay. So this gal, every time she'd come in, she was always so sweet, but it was so passive. And she'd say, oh, I love my lashes, but they didn't last. And I'd be like, really? Oh, really? They she'd didn't? go six weeks between yeah, appointments, Yeah, six by the way. weeks, okay. Like, I cannot and come in sooner than she, six. She actually did have a very slow growth cycle, so she could. But I was amazed that I got such mileage on her at six weeks. I'm like, girl, you can't go anywhere else and get this right and she'd come in and she'd say oh this didn't last so I'd say hmm okay let's figure this out so literally I would give her like an extra hour even you know don't and, suggest this by no, the way no I don't but I was determined to find out what this problem was and then she'd say oh this is it this is as full as I want them this is it this is great and I said okay so this is a three-hour appointment so if you want this kind of fullness and this longevity you're going to need to spend three hours on the table every time that you come in every six weeks mm, nope. then the next time she came in i said so how the last oh they were fine <laughs> but you know what it did was it solved the problem for me i i was able to say okay listen if you want them to be as this full and you want them to have this kind of longevity this is what it requires on your part yeah so anyway that was my little story all right guys hopefully this helps by the way yeah definitely email us or contact us if questions or you have articles or have anything you've learned over the time we'd love to hear from you also please go to our, our new thing that we're doing tustin's been doing most of them i'll do them once in a while and that is our last biz tip of the week it's something we're really excited about we get to basically every week provide a three to five minute video our last one was nine and a half minutes because it was about this topic it's not something you can just do in like two three minutes but we're going to be doing this every week, but you have to sign up and be on our email list. You have to be. You, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, if you go on YouTube, you can check it out. You can yeah. uh, like it, uh, subscribe, you know, subscribe, add some yeah. comments, and uh, I'll get back to you on that. Yeah, Tess Love, her, probably her favorite thing is when people write us questions on your emails or they write us questions on our DMs. Or YouTube now. She Love lives it. to sit down at night and spend an hour or so just writing people responses and feedback. Um, at some point, we may have to slow it down because it can become time consuming, but she loves it. It's, it really taps into that teacher in her where she gets to really explore ideas. And uh, sometimes I think it's to try to help better learn how to explain things. I just want the industry to grow. I just don't want us hobbled by things that aren't the truth. I just don't want us, you know, you know how like when we were kids and we told, oh, you can't go swimming after eating. It's like that turned out to be a bunch of you get cramps. Bunk. Right. Yeah, you're going to get cramps. Just right? and I would be used to argue like, where do you get the cramps? Like when our kids were little, we'd be like, wait, they get cramps. Is it the leg cramp but or literally, stomach cramp? We didn't cramp? know. would be like, you can't go in the pool. They'd be like, oh, I want to go. You're, like, nope. You're going to get cramps. And finally one day I just said, you know what, Tuss? Let's let the kids go in the water. <laughs> and they did. And then they didn't get cramps. Anyhow, but you, that. I don't want the industry hobbled by that kind so of yeah, stuff. YouTube, it's Lashcast Podcast. Just type that in on YouTube. You'll find our page. We have like seven videos now. We're going to keep doing it once a week for you guys as best as we can. And then otherwise, guys, thank you for joining us, supporting us as always. We love all we of you. We love you. We really do. And, and we can't wait to see you guys, virtually speaking, on LashCon in just a month from now. So thanks for hanging out with us today. Thanks 
thanks, guys, for hanging out with us today. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my Lash Warlord, Tustany, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry.